you. But you know, there's a lot of reasons to praise God today. Number one, we got up this morning. Amen? Number two, the sun is shining in Texas. I don't know of any better state to be in than the great state of Texas. Hallelujah. Number three, are you ready for this? Number three, we live in a country where we can still gather in God's house and worship His holy name. Hallelujah. You know, today's September 11th. And we remember those who died so needlessly in the terrorist attack. Our hearts still breathe. We still have family and friends. And some of us have loved ones who were affected by September 11. But you know what? We did what we said we were going to do. We have kept on keeping on. And we are still walking, still marching, still following freedom drumbeat. And you know what? We're not done yet. We still got a path to walk here in this world. God isn't done with the USA yet. we still got a job to do. And it's time we get back to it. Get back in the Bible. Back in God's house. Back in our families. Bringing God's truth back to the world. You know what? To be honest with you. If we would have been doing our job as a church and evangelizing the Islamic people, there probably wouldn't have been any left to do a terrorist attack. Amen? If we'd have won them to Christ, then they wouldn't have been bombing us.
parking lot today just outside here at 3 o'clock. We're going to go into Hustle Heights and watch a new Kirk Cameron film called Life Mark. It is, ironically, about uh, pro-choice, excuse me, pro-life against pro-choice, and it's about uh, raising and being a part of a family and keeping your children. So uh, be in prayer about that. It's a powerful, powerful film that we need to be a part of and support in. Uh, Operation Christmas Scout is looking for its items of the month. There's toys uh, and games. So if you've got those toys and games, you can get out from Walmart, Dollar General, H&B, wherever you need to go. Get those games and put them in that box right there. They'll be packed up in the shoebox and sent out. So please be in prayer about that as well. I'm trying to remember what else we have going on this week. Today at 4 o'clock, during the ministry team, we have a meeting in the church office building. And I need you to get ready for what's coming up this weekend. We have men's prayer breakfast. 7 a.m., and we have a charity meeting at 8.30 following, and then we will have our admin meeting on Saturday as well at 10.30. Coming up on Saturday, September 24th, so a couple Sundays away, is our OCC Craft Day. So prayerfully, it's going to be a part of that as well. I think that's it for our announcements this morning. Let's see, Dean. Oh, thank you very much. So, Brother Woody Woodcock, can I get you to step up here for a second? Well, your family came to me. They said, Brother Josh, we got this Snoopy book. We'd like the book provided for you. So what they did was secretly send us around to the church and everybody signed that. They want to wish you well in your upcoming procedure. And they also want to say happy, happy birthday. God bless you. Let's give Woody a hand. Thank you, Brother Woody.
Remember that sermon. 
because we had a full house in that little bitty church. Olin Baptist Church was named the circle pastor. And to get 50 people in there means that we had people in the foyer over from Sandy. It was a full house that day, and I couldn't stop with the people coming down the aisle. I remember one of the new church members, and she's still alive, and still goes to another church in that area. She was older when she came. She's still in contact with them. She joined our church that Sunday morning, and she said, came down the aisle, I thought God was judging us. I thought God was here to get us with this judgment day. You know, I cannot forget what she said to me. And she looked me in my very young and naive eyes. And let me tell you, these eyes have changed a lot since then. I used to think nothing could stop me in the years of spending the prison for the years I spent on the Texas Violent Gang Investigator. For the years I served in the ministry. Let me tell you, not everybody who says the name Christian is a Christian.
do what you're calling me to do. Thank you for that blessed hope. I pray that they call you to that. All right. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. If you were asked this morning to define hope, what would you say? I don't know about you, but I've got all kinds of definitions running around in my head about what hope would be. In fact, I've asked some children about that, and they said, hope is wanting something to happen. I asked some youth about that, and they said, it's believing something would happen. And then I asked them, is that kind of like faith? And a lot of them could not differentiate between faith and hope. Well, what would you say hope is? Would you say that faith and hope are the same? Now, a lot of people tell me they are. Let me be honest with you, they are definitely related. They definitely got to be cousins, amen? Faith and hope. Would you say that hope is wanting something to turn out the way you desire it to be? Is there a difference between hope and faith? Well, the Bible says there is. And I want to show you something in Philippians 13, verse 13. The Apostle Paul gives us a picture of faith and hope exceptionally. Exceptionally. Look at me in verse 13 of Philippians 13, one of the most popular chapters in your Bible. Most of us know it. Most of us have quoted it. A lot of us have used it in our wedding or in our friends and loved ones' weddings. Look at me in verse 13. And now abide these three. Faith, hope, love. But the greatest of these is love. So we've got three different objects. Faith, hope, and love. And the Apostle Paul clears up the mystery right now. Love is the greatest of love. Amen? We don't have to argue about that this morning. We are talking about faith and hope. So I think we can conclude that hope is something a little different than faith. I think we can see that. Paul makes a distinction between them, faith and hope. Though I happen to believe that you can't be really faithful without having some hope in you. I believe you can't necessarily be hopeful without having some faith. So they kind of go hand in hand. In fact, if I were to get deep into faith, hope, and love, I would imagine, that's my opinion, but I would imagine you can't do any of them without having all three together. You say, what do you mean by that, Brother John? Can you be faithful without being loving? Some people would say so. I disagree with that. In my years of being a Christian, I have learned that real faith is rooted in my real love of Jesus Christ. And it's hard for me to be faithful unless I love. And let me tell you something. I have a hard time believing in somebody unless I love them. You understand what I'm saying? What about having hope in them? I got no hope in them if I don't love them. Well, I guess that means amen to the Baptist church. You know what you're talking about. You know what you mean. You ever said this about somebody? He's a hopeless case. I bet you have. If you're a dad, I know you've said it. Look me in my eyes. I know you have. That guy's hopeless. There's no hope for him. You see, the difference is, is when we start loving them, when we start having faith in them, we start having a little hope in them. We start getting that hope in them. And hope is something we've been missing for a long, long time. And I want to talk this morning a little bit about hope. We talk about faith all the time. The Bible defines faith for us. It's believing.
belief in something we cannot see. Therefore, having been justified by faith, is there faith again? Faith, and we know wherever faith is, it seems like hope and love are right next door, their neighbors. Faith. The Bible says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, to whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations. Uh oh. Now, I don't want to get off on a tangent on that, but let me tell you right now, you're blessed when you get persecuted. A lot of us complain and we go to God and say, God, make it go away. When somebody's persecuting you, get on your knees and say, Thank you, Father. You've counted me worthy. Thank you, Lord God, that my love and my faith is being noticed by those that do not love you and those that do not believe in you. That's a blessing, amen. Bible tells us, verse 3, not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. And perseverance is being able to withstand and keep on going. Perseverance in verse 4, character. And character. Trash is climbing up the wall, and the kids 
walk up. I didn't notice that, Dad. He just put trash in it and walked off. Balanced it on top of the pile. How does that happen? I didn't say that, Dad. Boy, there's Mr. Whoppers in the world, but that's the king of it right there. Why do they do that? And they said, tell them, take that trash out. Then they take the trash out and then run back in the room. And I said, you didn't put a bag in the trash. Well, uh, I thought someone else could do it. How come my brother can't do it? Because it's your job. You take the trash out, you put the bag back in it. It kind of goes hand in hand. You know what? Faith and hope. They go like that together. They grow together. And we find that when we start living in faith, that we start experiencing the things this world puts against us and puts us away. And when we start persevering, we start building character. And when we start building character, guess what we get? Most of us Christians stop our growth somewhere around that perseverance. Tribulations are too much for me. Trial, temptation, persecution. I don't want that. I want the faith. I want the blessing. I want the love. But I don't want the Christian character. Let me tell you what the Christian character. Are you ready? We're going to sum it up with just three characteristics. Number one, and this isn't on a PowerPoint, so don't look for it. Number one, Christian characteristic is we are dependable people. Can I get an amen on that? That means what we say. We do, because we believe, we reflect God Almighty. And if He says it, we can believe it. His Word is truth, and so should Christians be. Amen? Two, Christians tell the truth, even when it makes us bad. Let me tell you nowadays, telling the truth will make you a bad guy in this world. It'll put you in a place of... Anticipate something happening and wanting it and wanting it. 
that gives us a hope. It's partly, though, today, we put our hope in all the wrong things. We put it in the wrong things. You can go weeks without food. Did you know that? You can go weeks with you say, Pastor, you haven't been weeks without food. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. You can go weeks without food. You know, Jesus went 40 days without food. You can go weeks without food. Mahatma Gandhi, one of those strange individuals, went long, long, long time without food. You can go days without water. You can literally go days with it. Three, four, sometimes up to a week without water before your body will expire to dehydration. You can go minutes. Minutes. Underwater, holding their breath for 9, 10, 11, 12 minutes, but it still only goes a matter of minutes without any. And you can live But you cannot live one second. You cannot exist without hope. You can't do it. To be completely hopeless means it's over. And let me give you some examples of that. Number one, the Jews in Slavery in ancient Egypt, building the treasure cities for the Pharaohs, doing their will with the taskmasters over top of them. They were feeling the sting of the whip on their back. They might have said, We're hopeless and no one can deliver us, but deep in their hearts, they harbored something. That something was there for years and it never, ever petered out. It never fessed out. It was a small and it's still there. And I want you to know, you've got that in your heart this morning because you're here in this church. You've got that little bitty spark that we call hope. It's there in your heart. And that hope has been burning for years and years and years. And you might be saying, Pastor, I've been hoping I knew that God would put His hands upon me. I've been hoping that God could save me. I've been hoping that God could work in my marriage. I've been hoping that God could work in my job. I've been hoping that God could work in my life. I want you to know, you can't live without hope. And the reason why you keep existing and keep going on and keep on going on is because you have hope. Hope. Four letter word. Hope. That word is so misunderstood that we often put in the place of faith because we don't really understand this is a growing Christian process that comes only when we begin in faith, only when we begin to persevere, only when we start to develop God's character that we start getting real hope. Let me tell you, can't live the life. Have you been watching the news lately? How did you know the Queen of England came back? Some of you are like, I'm ready to watch the coronation of King Charles. I'm with you. I can care less. Don't care. There's a reason why we won the revolution, amen? Let me tell you what the real reason why we fought the war for. Because they do not call cookies cookies. They call them biscuits. I think that's worth it. Go to war right there. No way. Fight a revolution on that. Stood up and said, Give me liberty. That ain't what he said. He said, Give me cookies or give me that. Right now, though, you might be putting your hope in getting that new job. But deep down inside, you're not growing in that Christian 
weekend and week, month, a year. Yeah, you hear your Christian radio or you hear a devotion here and there, and you're thinking that keeping you in God's will. No. You're missing it. And you're not growing. You've got to get back to where it starts. Remember Romans 5? He started to sell. Say, remember how Paul put it in 1 Corinthians 13, 13, D, 3, remain Hey! Everybody can understand. You say, I still have people come up and say, believe in speaking in tongues. Yep. But I tell you right now, I don't have to speak in any tongues if I can love you. That's a language everybody understands. And it's a language that the most barbaric person in the world understands. It's a language the most evil person in the world understands. It's a language the most holy person in the world understands. If I speak in love, then you understand everything I'm saying.
try to make our hope come true. We start trading our values. We start trading our morals. We start trading our convictions because everything to us depends on whether or not our hope comes true. In other words, we start compromising with the world. And I want to remind you what the Bible says about those who make friends. We need to get back to real hope. We need to get back to what hope is all about. The Bible tells us in Titus 2, verses 11 through 15, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Now, I want to stop for just a second. I know I'm already close to my time frame. The boy, time flies when you're having fun. Amen. But I want you to know something about God. I want to try to express something. The Bible tells me in the book of Corinthians, this is what first and second Corinthians together. It tells me that God has given us something precious. That preciousness is the message. It's the gospel. And when I look at my life and I think about the things that are precious to me, the first thing that pops in my mind is my beautiful, precious wife. Second thing that pops in my mind is my four precious, wonderful children, followed by my mother and my brothers and my family. Somewhere in that line is the dog, who I got his name. You know, it happens. I think about that. I also think about my office. I love my office. Inside of my office is a lot of neat things. There is Hebrew history. There's Nazi history. I love it for that. And some of those things are precious. And they're behind glass doors. Some of those things I don't put on the corner of the desk because they will get knocked off. And they're precious. Yet, God has given us a precious message. And I wonder what He's wrapped it up in. What I put in my office precious to me. On my desk, I have feather pen. I love it. I find it with everything in it. If you ever get one that's blotted, I'm sorry. I still love it. Some of you have. You know what it is. It's not Monica's fault. It's mine. I find it that way and Monica gives it a look to like I can't believe you did that again, John. I'm like, I'm learning. I'm building character and they need to persevere with my signature. Amen? However, there's things that are precious in there. Some of you are just now realizing, hey, I got that card last week. But that being said, there are other things that are precious. And I'll put them in place. I wonder what God has put that precious message in. When we look at scripture, you know, we've got this treasure in earthen vessels. You've read it, you know it as well as I do. We've got this message. The Bible says, precious, precious gospel. You know, I wonder what it would be wrapped up in if we could see it today. What kind of case would be put in? Where would it be displayed? Surely it wouldn't be on the corner of the desk. Surely it wouldn't be where little hands could grab it and drop it. Surely it wouldn't be where someone who didn't care could come in and remove it.
precious about that picture. Even though it's precious, the precious story of the gospel, of a Savior who came from glory, who gave His life for you and me, who shed His blood on Calvary's tree. Blessed hope, he's coming back. 
us ignoring us. That keeps us witnessing. That keeps us preaching. That keeps us teaching. That keeps us persevering. That keeps us growing in faith, in good works, in love. That keeps us doing what He told us to do. What did He tell us to do? To speak in the same day which was lost. He told us to go therefore into all the nations, teaching, preaching, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. He told us to get busy. Why? Because they are dying in their sins.
your word. Thank you, Father God, for each and every person who heard your word today. And I pray, Lord God, if there be any that don't have hope this morning, let them come. I pray, Father God, if there be any that need to get their heart right with you and need to be a part of what I'm saying, that description, let's say you get there. I'm asking you to be glorified. I'm asking you, Lord, to send your spirit to take charge. And I'm asking you, Father God, to speak to us today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Would you come as we sing? There's room at the cross. Would you come? Thank you. 